Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. Student loan interest rates go up effective July 1st. Many people perceive this as another obstacle on the road to a higher education, which is getting increasingly less affordable for many Americans. But education policy analyst Neil McCluskey has a different take on the story. Is America lagging behind China in engineering and the sciences? We're not lagging behind China in engineering and the sciences.、Uh, what happened was about a year ago there was a report、uh, put out originally a number by Fortune magazine that said, "Well, the Chinese are producing six hundred thousand engineers a year. We're only producing seventy thousand." Well, it turns out that those numbers were really just based on a very imprecise Chinese government estimation. Unfortunately, that information was picked up by the National Academies of Science, and then they put it in a highly influential report that was then repeated by politicians and analysts and people all over the country. Well, it turns out that some researchers at Duke then looked at those numbers and said, "There's no way that's possible," and they rounded those numbers down and said, "Well, actually, if you look at the equivalent." Of an engineer in the United States, China only produced three hundred fifty thousand of those, and the United States, unlike what the popular estimates were, didn't produce seventy thousand. They produced about one hundred forty thousand. So, in no way, especially if you calculate per capita, are we behind the Chinese? We're still ahead of them. We hear a lot about student aid shrinking each year. The shrinking of student aid is is another myth, kind of like the Chinese engineers and the disappearing American engineers myth. And typically, it's put out by people who are in higher education. And one of the reasons that they put it out is because, well, if you say higher education aid is shrinking, that it puts a lot of pressure on politicians to increase. Higher education aid, and of course, all that student aid that students then use to take to colleges. Well, the colleges can take all that money, raise their prices because now students can afford to pay more, and they can put it into buying all kinds of stuff they like. So they can buy you know, new buildings, they can pay professors more, things like that. But if you look at the data, in no way can you find that student aid has actually decreased. In fact, if you if you add it all up, grant aid. Which is money that students don't have to pay back, and that typically people say, "Well, it's really terrible that grant aid has gone down." Well, it hasn't gone down. Grant aid per student has gone up fifty-one percent in the last ten years. Overall aid, which includes student loans,、uh, work study, and all sorts of things, are not grant aid. So some of it somebody has to pay back. That's up sixty-one percent. Uh, and if you look at college costs per student in that same time period, in private colleges they're only up thirty-one percent, and public colleges only up forty-one percent. So you can see that aid has increased at a much faster clip than the costs in colleges. And if you just look at absolute numbers, aid is way up. So it, it's just not true that student aid has decreased. Shouldn't our government be doing more anyway to make sure that talented students have the resources and funding they need to pursue challenging careers in the sciences and in engineering? The best thing that government can do to make sure that talented students have an opportunity to go to college is to get completely out of student aid. Now, this is kind of counterintuitive to people because they think, well, if you know, if we want kids to go to college, we should either give them the money so they can pay for it, or they can give money to institutions, and then that can keep the price down. But what that really does is it just puts a lot more money into the higher education market, and so all the prices can be raised. So, in a tuition basis, 
it's pretty easy to understand that if, well, you have $100 to go to college and tuition is $100, well, suppose the federal government gives you $100 more, you have $200. There's no reason for a college not to just raise their price to $200, which is exactly what they do. As student aid rises per pupil, the schools raise their prices so that they can get that aid. Um, so in the end, it's a total wash. Government trying to help students hasn't make it any better for the student, hasn't made it any more affordable, but it's cost the taxpayer, you know, that $100 per student, uh, if only it were $100. But that's the principle. And the other thing is they say, well, then let's give the money to the colleges. But then the colleges become very inefficient because the people who are buying their services aren't the ones paying for it. So why should they cut costs? So they can buy, can pay for extravagant student unions. They, they can buy the largest jacuzzi on the West Coast, which uh, Washington State University claims. And so all that waste also leads to less efficiency and higher prices. That's why uh, journal subscriptions have gone up a great deal by very large percent every year because there's the money is there to buy these high-priced journals. So how do students from lower-income families afford a higher education? Students from low-income families can afford a higher education, for one thing, because the payoff for higher education is still very large. On average, uh, the average college graduate makes $1 million more million over the course of their lifetime than someone who didn't graduate from college. Well, that gives private lenders a huge incentive to lend money to promising college students because they know that they'll be able to get a big profit off of that money in interest. So truly qualified college students will have no trouble getting money to go to college. And of course, there's all kinds of private um, philanthropic money that goes into higher education. Last year, it was around $25.2 billion, give or take a billion dollars, came from private sources. And if you had the government no longer promising to make it possible for everyone to go to a college university, you'd see a lot more private investment because people wouldn't think, well, government's taking care of it. Why should I? Why all this higher education hype? Well, there's all this higher education hype because there are lots of people who make lots of money off of higher education. If you think about it, uh, every college president has an interest in getting more student aid and more government funding for their institution because they can get paid more. Every professor has an incentive to say that there's no money in higher education, we need more, because then they can get higher salaries or they can get more research time and less teaching time. Every student has certainly an incentive to say, oh, there's no student aid, I need more student aid, because then they get more money to pay the tuition that's not their own money, then get someone else to pay for it. And, of course, politicians have an incentive to play this up, because when they say, oh, yes, there's this crisis, and we're going to fix it with more money, they get the votes of all those college presidents, college professors, students, those students' parents, and everybody thinks they're doing this great service. Uh, you really have to, though, look at all the unintended consequences, the rising tuition, the inefficiencies, to realize really no one's being helped that much by the student aid except a few people with a vested interest in higher education, and that almost every taxpayer is taking massive losses so that these people can get more money that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.